This morning, uh, I get the privilege for the first time uh, to preach before the congregation. Uh, when you've got two pastors and they're sharing preaching responsibilities, uh, little pastors and students don't give me opportunities to preach. So I'm going to take this for all it's worth. I'm excited. I'm fired up. And, uh, and I want you to turn with me today to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be looking at verses 23 to 25. And we're really going to camp out here for today. And we'll be pulling in some other texts uh, to look at what these points we have. But today we are going to be in Hebrews chapter 10. And a few weeks ago, we started uh, a series called ABC Connect. And Pastor Colby kind of gave us this, this 30,000 foot view of three things that we feel every person that comes to Alberta Baptist Church, every member of Alberta Baptist Church um, needs. Three things that God desires to them. The first is to know God. The second is to find community. And the third is to live on a mission. And last week, Pastor Keith brought us a message about knowing God. And this week, it is my privilege to get to talk to you about finding community. Now, before we jump into that, um, I'm going to be repeating some of the things that uh, Pastor Colby talked about a little bit um, two weeks ago, but we'll be unpacking those further. But also, before we start, I want to address a specific group of people that may be here today. Some of you may be sitting out there today, and you may have been burned somehow by being involved in community through a church. You may have had some bad experience. And I want you to first of all know that I'm sorry that you had that experience. But secondly, and more importantly, I want you to know that there is hope for genuine gospel-centered community. And I believe that you and anyone else can find that here at Alberta Baptist Church. So what do we really mean when we talk about community? It's kind of a catchphrase. It's kind of a, a word that gets thrown a lot, around a lot. So I went and kind of searched out the dictionaries to see what they said. And I kind of compiled a definition. And community essentially means a group of people living in a common place and having common characteristics, interests, or goals, which then result in a feeling of fellowship. So a lot of common stuff and it's a lot of fellowship, a lot of people. In other words, what you might say is that Community is people who bond over something they have in common that then leads them to live some aspect of their life together. People coming together with a common thing that identifies them and brings them together. And community can take a, a thousand different forms. Literally, there can be gyms. We talked about that a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Crossfitters, you either love them or hate them. You love them if you are one and you hate them if you're not because they're annoying. Um, sorry if I'm annoying. Um, there's, but there's gyms, there's, there's gangs in the very negative form of community, but it, it's a form of community. There's clubs, book clubs, all kinds of different clubs, country clubs. There are sororities and fraternities at the universities. There's even college football fan bases. Then they just, something happened just recently this weekend or something. I don't know. Anyway. But there are all kinds, even, here's even some other words. Social media is a form of community. You can build a certain type of community. I would say it's not the healthiest type of community, but it's a form of community. All kinds of different communities. Anyone ever been to get on board day at the university? Basically, here's what happens. Hundreds of organizations, both on campus and those off campus, we were there this year. They go out and they set up around the Ferguson Student Center and they set up tables and they set up tents. And it's really kind of a, just a way to try to get people on board with your organization to find community. 
And a lot of times we give away free stuff. We gave away sweet tea. I mean, who doesn't like sweet tea in the South? Um, right next to us was the, uh, the Baptist Campus Ministries, and they gave away bacon. So we had like a whole little Southern thing going on right there uh, with uh, Christians. I mean, we're Baptists, so we like, we like to eat. So, but there's a reason that all those organizations go out there. And this is why. Because they know that people, everyone, seeks out community and they find it. They find it somewhere. Everyone seeks community because we were created for community. We go to Genesis chapter one. I told you to open to Hebrews, but if you want to flip with me to Genesis chapter one, it'll be up on the screen. In chapter one of Genesis verses 26 to 28, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the li- every living thing that moves on the earth. We were created in the image of God, who in himself is an eternal and self-sustaining community as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is a community to himself, and he has created us in his image, as his image bearers, to be in community first with him, but also with other people. That is why in Genesis 2.18, if you just flip over, it may be a page over, but that's where he says, it is not good for man to be alone. And so he creates the woman to be a helper to the man. And this is not where community ends, not just at the marriage relationship, but they are then given this cultural mandate we just read in Genesis 1:28 to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over all of creation. This expansion through the marriage relationship of community. This is what God has created us for. And of course, we know that broke. And so now we are out seeking community in a lot of wrong places. Not that every other community outside the church is a wrong community, but it's not the full community that's going to last forever. We'll get to more of that here in a minute. But we've been created for community. And so we see from the beginning that he has created us for this. And the question that we have to ask ourselves today is, will people find community at Alberta Baptist Church? Will people find community here? Because here's our desire for what Alberta Baptist Church should be in a sense of a community. That we are the most welcoming environment on University Boulevard and that we are the easiest place to find community in all of Tuscaloosa. That's what we want for Alberta Baptist Church. Will people find community here? Will that be the reality for it? But the church, when we talk about it being a community, And specifically, when we talk about Alberta Baptist Church being a community, we have to realize that we should be a specific type of community that's set apart from other communities. Today, we're going to be looking at what Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25 has to say about this community. So read with me, if you will, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet 
together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Pray with me, please. Father God, as we look into your word, God, may your word look into our hearts. God, would you give us ears to hear, God, eyes to see, minds to to understand, and then God, hearts to embrace the truth of your word and what it has to speak to us about being in community as your people set aside for your purposes. God, we love you. Help us to love you more. Would you meet with us and speak to us now in this time? It's in your name that I pray. Amen. So according to Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, there are three characteristics we're going to look at today that should mark out and characterize the church. And I will say specifically today, Alberta Baptist Church. And the first of these is that we should be an evangelical community. Now, you may be thinking, what is this big word? You may have heard evangelism, evangelist. You may think, oh, that's the the people that come in when you have revivals. That may be what your mind goes to. But I want to define that word of evangelical or evangelical for you this morning. That word comes from a Greek word that means gospel or good news. So when we say that we are an evangelical people, an evangelical community, what we mean is that we are people who, first of all, believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we have placed our faith and trust in him. And secondly, that we are people who proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We are united, simply put, we are people who are united and marked by a common conviction and a common confession. Common conviction, we believe the gospel. A common confession, we proclaim the gospel. And this is what the writer of Hebrews means when he writes, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Christianity is not a solo sport. It's not a solo sport. It's also not a spectator sport. You watch from the sidelines. And a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is not a private one, my friends. It's not. God has created us for this community. And together in community, we are united by belief in the gospel, and then we are driven to go out and proclaim it. That is Christian community. That is an evangelical community. And the apostle Paul speaks of this in Ephesians chapter 4. He says in verses 4 through 6, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This confession is what unites us, first and foremost. Our common faith in Jesus Christ and our common proclamation that there is faith, there is is salvation in his name and his name alone. This is what we have. This is the confession that we trust and the confession that we tell. And Jesus, I think, summarized it in an incredible way in John 14, 6. One of my favorite verses because it is so concise. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We have a brokenness, people. We have a brokenness, every single one of us. And it's a brokenness that can only be restored. It's a death that can only be brought to life through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. And here's the other thing. We don't believe this confession, this isn't our confession, this isn't our, our trust, our faith, because it's ours. It's because the one 
Who promised it? Our Lord. It is the very promise of our Lord and he is faithful. That's what the text tells us. The word and work of Jesus Christ is the only thing, the only thing capable of transcending background, of race, of social status, education, everything, and making a people who may otherwise have absolutely nothing in common be united and become some of the best of friends and friends that will last forever. Only the word and work of Jesus Christ is able to do that. Here at ABC, there can be some element of community here when we gather in a great big sanctuary worship center and we sing together, we listen to the the word preached together, we see baptism and celebrate that together. There is some element of community there. But true community starts to happen, as Pastor Colby said a few weeks ago, when we get out of rows and we get into circles. We get into one another's space and get to know one another and be known by one another. That is where community happens. We need to get out of these rows and into some circles. Rows are great. This is awesome. I love seeing this. I get emotional and cry almost every Sunday just because it's such a beautiful picture of what's to come, which I'm going to talk about later because I'm jumping ahead. But let me tell you, this is a great thing, but there's also so much that you can receive by being part of a small group. And we have numerous opportunities here at Alberta Baptist Church for you to be a part of a small group. There's Sunday morning small groups at 930. There's life groups. There are youth small groups. If you're a teenager that we're about to start up here in just a week, there's college D groups. There's women's Bible studies, men's discipleship groups. There is a place for you to find community centered around this common confession here at Alberta Baptist Church. I promise you that. So the first thing we see is that we are an evangelical community. The second thing that we see that we're called to be is an edified community. And again, kind of an obscure E word here. You're going to catch on if you look at your outline. I'm following that E train down. But edified community. What does that mean? Essentially, literally, um, the word edified means just to be built up. And we use it um, in more of a metaphorical sense to mean that we are encouraging one another. We are coming together in love and in service. Hebrews 10 verse 24 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. We are drawn together with love and good works, serving one another. And so this is what he's speaking of here is a, is a community that is constantly built up, made up of believers, and they're built up both in quality and in quantity of their fellowship, not neglecting to meet with each other. You have a lot harder time being good friends with someone if you ever only see them every two or three weeks. You always see them every couple months. It's really hard to build a true, genuine friendship around that kind of stuff. And if you're not actually interacting with them, quality, it's again, even more difficult. They're probably going to stay acquaintances and never really become friends. But that's not what we're charged with. And in Romans chapter 12, verses four and five, we see that this is a really awesome thing about this edified community. Verse four says, for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members 
of one another. It tells us that though we're many members, we all are part of the same body. And as part of this same body, we have the opportunity to serve one another and to build one another up. Now, how do we serve one another at Alberta Baptist Church? Well, I want to give you a little example from yesterday. Yesterday, there was a group of us up here and we were serving by digging a trench. Why were we digging a trench, you might ask? Well, because our sign right out front here can't be seen at night. People see a church, they can't see Alberta Baptist Church. We need a light out there. We need to run wire out there so that we can put a light out there. And there was a group of us up here digging that trench. Now, let me say something. This is, this is why this is a big deal. Anybody can do manual labor. It's great. It's a good cause. But of those, of those people who are up here, there are two youth that I'm not even sure are believers that were here working for the good of the church because they have found community here in our youth group, in our church, and because they want to be involved here. Not even believers, and yet they have seen something that has drawn them in. And here is what's so beautiful about that, because we want Alberta Baptist Church to be a community that anyone can belong to, even before they believe, and yet a community they will belong to even more once they do believe. That is what we are setting up as an edified community here, a community that draws people in and says, we accept you how you are, and yet we're going to push you towards a better life, a life that will last eternally in Jesus Christ. Another example I'll give to you. Uh, a few weeks ago, Katie Habriel was telling me about how she had gotten a call from a lady in the church uh, to make brownies. And this was an opportunity to serve a family who had lost uh, a member and, uh, and our, our bereavement committee or team or whatever they're called. Um, I can't keep up with them. But what, they're called, what they do is what's important. And she was so encouraged that there was somebody out there rallying the troops of cooks to go cook and provide a meal for this family. And it encouraged Katie to serve in that way too. That's what we're talking about. A community marked by the fact that we serve one another. That's the first distinguishing mark of an edified community. We serve in so many other ways. We serve families through our children's and youth ministries. It's not just babysitting. If you're a part of it, you know that. If you have children or youth in part of that, you know that we want to come alongside you as parents and serve you by helping you disciple your children and your youth. We have so many other words, life groups, men in the church who will go out and serve. I want to just give a shout out to Doug Brown and to John Beck and to Billy Doss, who have been working like madmen on this yellow house to get it ready for the youth out of the kindness of their hearts. I can't even keep up with stuff to give them to do because they're out there working so hard because they see the value in how our young people can be built up. There's so many other opportunities because as we serve one another, we're serving Christ. As we serve and build up one another, we are building up his body for his glory. But there's a barrier to this kind of community that we need to be aware of. The barrier to an edified community through service is individualism. It's an attitude that comes to the church and says, what can the church do for me? How can this be um, best for me? And that's not what we're called to. Our Lord himself said, I did not come to be served, but to serve 
and give my life as a ransom for many. We have been called, church, to give our lives as living sacrifices for the good of the body of Christ. Not individualism that says, what can the church do for me? There's a second mark of an edified community. And I believe this is the greatest mark because there's several places in scripture where it says this is the greatest mark of the believing community. And that is love. Romans 12 again, verses 9 and 10, it says, let love be genuine. Literally in the Greek, it just says genuine love. Genuine love. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Love, genuine love is the defining mark of an edified, gospel-centered community. It's love. Over all things, love. It is what makes us stand apart. It's what motivates the world to be drawn in. It's what motivates us to press in further into the body of Christ. And ABC, we have some of the most loving people I've ever met in my life. And you know why I say that? Because week after week after week, I see people living out love. Love has emotional parts to it, but love is lived out. Love is an action. Paul doesn't command husbands to love their wives in Ephesians 5 by trying to evoke some emotion in them. He's saying, love your wives in the way that you treat your wives, which is the way that Christ treated his church. Love is an action. And we express it to one another. And in John 13, 35, Jesus said that the defining thing, the way people will know you are my disciples is your love for one another. By this, all people we know that you are my disciples through our love. And let me tell you something. I cannot think of a better place in all the church and all the things we have than life groups where you can see this lived out where you are plugging in, you are in people's space, you're getting to know them. In fact, I will challenge you to actually faithfully get plugged in to a life group and not come to love those people and become better friends with them. I challenge you to do that. It won't happen. It won't happen. Because what we believe here is that better friends will, not they, not it might, better friends will make a better church. And we're gonna get into that a little bit more and the final point. I'm so excited for our teenagers getting plugged into these small groups uh, and to get it plugged into these life groups. Again, better friends will make a better church and everyone, no matter if you're seven, no matter if you're 107, every single person can fit into a life group and be embraced and loved. And everyone needs to be known and everyone needs to know that they are needed. And that's what we're seeking to build here, the culture we're seeking to build here at Alberta Baptist. We all need encouragement. We all need accountability. We all need friends and better friends are gonna make a better church. And there's a barrier also to this though. There's a barrier to true genuine love that engages and that is consumerism. Our society is plagued with it. It's this attitude that we go out and this over here, I like the music better. Or this over here, I like the preaching better. Or they're cooler over there. Or they have better coffee at their cafe over there. There is no chance for genuine love to build and to grow in your heart if you're constantly jumping from one congregation, one group of community to the next. This is a huge barrier. Genuine love expressed in community will not happen if you're always looking for the next best thing. 
Because let me tell you, when you find God's people and you plug in that community, you found the greatest thing. You have found the greatest thing and community that you will ever find. And when love and service happen in a community within the church, people are drawn in from the outside. And as a third defining mark of an edified community, the first being service, the second being love, and the third being the way that we treat the outsider. People see how we treat one another. And the way that we treat one another, the way we serve one another, the way that we love one another should blow people's minds outside of the church. And it should compel them to want to be brought into that. Our lives lived together should demand an answer. Should demand an answer. When these things happen, we see what Romans 12, 14 to 21 talks about, how we are to live peaceably with all people, how we don't avenge ourselves, how this is an attitude that is both inside the church and directed inwardly, but also directed outwardly to the people. That we don't repay evil for evil, we repay evil for good. Some people are going to look at us and they're going to scoff at us. They're going to be like, you think you've got something great. And that's okay, because we love them into the community. We don't beat them into it. We love people in this community because that's what our Savior did. We are an edified community that stirs one another up to love and good works and encourages one another as we meet together. It fills us up and flows out from us in our schools, in our places of work, in our clubs, and in our social circles, in everything, so that the communities that we're in, all those other communities, then become avenues of increasing this gospel community. All those other communities that we're part of are mission fields to bring people into the eternal community of God. And that is our third point that we're going to wrap up with. Look in Hebrews 10, one last time, verse, the end of verse 25. It says, not neglecting to meet together as the head of some, but encouraging one another. And here's the part we want to zero in on right now. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. People can find community, as we said, almost anywhere. But the church, the church is the only community that will last forever. CrossFit's coming into an end one day. Alabama football, Auburn football is coming to an end one day. Your book club's coming to an end one day. I don't know. Is anybody in a book club? I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out here. Your country club's going to come to an end one day. Every other community you're a part of is going to come to an end one day. Only the church will last forever. So why on earth will we not be most excited about and invested in building this community with people who we're going to spend eternity with? Why not? And another question when we enjoy community with people outside of the church and our other communities, why would we not want to bring them into the community that's going to last forever? And this gets into what we're going to be looking at next week of living on mission. But this eternal community that we're a part of, as we see the day drawing near, we should be more and more excited, more and more invested, giving our lives to this community that's going to last forever. Better friends make better church, and better friends will be better friends for forever. If you're a Michael W. Smith fan, you may have the song going through. Friends are friends forever. Anyway, that's like half of y'all are probably too young to even think about that. 
But here's what we have to look forward to. Look with me quickly at Revelation chapter five and chapter seven. In verse nine, it says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. And then if we flip over to chapter seven, verses nine, 10. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. You may be here today thinking to yourself, Jared, how in the world could I ever find a community like you're talking about? That may be an incredibly foreign uh, idea to you, but I would say to you, first of all, you being here today is a really good start. But the real community starts when you believe the confession that we were talking about earlier, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. But if you are already a child of God through faith in his son, I want you to know this, that you are valuable to God and that you are valuable to God's people because God is putting together, as we see in Revelation chapter five and chapter seven, he is putting together a community of people whom he has bought with his son's blood and that will last for eternity. You, child of God, are valuable to that community. If you're sitting here this morning thinking, well, I can't get plugged in, I have nothing to offer. That is a lie from Satan. You have something to offer. God has given you gifts. And we're going to look at that again more next week. And we look at living on mission. But you have been gifted to serve God's body, serve the body of Christ. Last week, so awesome time, we had a baptism of Laura Hocutt. And I love the Hocutt family so much. And it thrills my heart to see a family that is together walking in and believing the gospel. That is such a beautiful, encouraging picture. But if we're honest, we know that it is not the norm today anymore. Sadly, that is not the case. And you may be here today and you may be the only person in your family that believes the gospel. You may feel like you're out on an island by yourself. Let me tell you something. The blood-bought family is greater than the blood-kin family because the blood-bought family of Jesus Christ is going to last forever. So if you feel like you don't have a family because your family doesn't believe with you, you have a family here at Alberta Baptist Church who is going to be with you for all of eternity. So get to, get to know us and get used to us. This amazing thing we see in Revelation 5 and 7 is what we set our hope on. A multitude of every nation and tribe and people and language. This is the eternal community of God's people and this is what we're preparing for, for one day. As we wrap up, I want to tell you this. This kingdom, this community that's going to last forever, it's probably going to be filled with a whole lot of people. It's not probably, let me back up. It is going to be filled with a whole lot of people who are very different from you. But my question to you this morning and that we all should ask ourselves is, does the community that we are developing at ABC look like the community that we will have for eternity. And I would tell you that I think we are on a very, very 
good pace. We're heading in the right direction. But the big barrier to this type of community is our materialism. And what I mean by that is we tend to gravitate towards and build friendships with people who look like us, who think like us, who make the same kind of money as us, who live in the same neighborhoods as us, who talk like us. There's going to be a lot of people around the throne of God in that multitude that no one can number who have absolutely nothing in common with you except for they have been redeemed by the same king. And that will last forever, my friends. So as we look at this, I want us to look at one last passage. Revelation 21, verses 3 through 5. It says that I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. I want to tell you one last story as we wrap up. Yesterday, after we had finished, um, a group of us, um, Andrew Perkins, Latarius Cook, and Hayden Turner and myself, went to eat lunch um, at Moe's Southwest Grill. Now, I don't know if you know all those. Is and- I haven't seen it. Is Andrew sitting in here? Or is he back at the kids? Is Andrew here? And- There's Andrew. Andrew, wait at everybody. There's Andrew. Latarius, wave to everybody. There he is. Hayden, um, most of you probably know, but she's back there, I know, with the kids today. She's about this tall, blonde, sings like an angel. And there's me. Where on earth do you find a group of people having community that look like that? Seriously, where outside of the church do you have a group of people like that sharing a loving fellowship with one another over a meal? You don't. You don't. That is the community that we've been called to and the community that's going to last forever. See, everyone seeks out and finds community because we were created for community. And we at ABC are called to be an evangelical community that holds fast the confession of our hope. We are called to be an edified community that stirs one another up to love and good works and an eternal community that encourages one another to meet together all the more as we see the day of our Lord Jesus Christ approaching. And so our hope and our prayer for each and every one of you today is to press into community here at Alberta Baptist Church for the glory of Christ, for your own benefit, and for the building of the church. We thank God for the opportunity to be in community with one another. And we are now going to turn into a time of response. If you have um, Kyle and the musicians are going to come back up. God's dealing with your heart. If he's calling you into community through faith or through membership with this church, through baptism, we want you to do that today. We want you to know there is a place for you at Alberta Baptist Church. And the community that you will build here is a community that will last forever. Would you pray with me one last time?